like scary movies? What about science fiction and cult films? Then please visit Shocking Things. You can search for us on your favorite podcatcher. You can also go to anchor.fm slash shocking things for the main hub for the links to episodes and our social media. Now try and enjoy the daylight. Episodes of Shocking Things will contain spoilers and sometimes salty language. Discretion is advised. Hello everyone and welcome to Shocking Things. I'm John with Laura. Hi there. And we're going to be talking about a film, The Cabin in the Woods, that Laura wanted to talk about. And uh, before we get into the film, Laura and I were just going to talk a little bit about what we've been watching and consuming with horror, reading too, right Laura? Yeah. Uh, what books have you been reading? Because I don't really read that much anymore, mostly comic books, since I've been reading that. Uh, you know. uh, so a couple. Um, one I probably, I think it was Joyland by Stephen King. It was neither here nor there. Um, I was looking for horror with it. It was nothing like the cover and um, the synopsis was, so I wouldn't recommend it. Um, and then the other one was Dark Harvest by Norman Patridge. I picked this one up. It's almost like a novella. And I picked this up because it's coming to film on, do we have the date for that? Uh, not it sure, but very soon though, very, very, very soon. soon. And the uh, book was mediocre, it was okay, the concept was great. Never heard anything like it before, but I can see it on the big screen. It's set in the 60s, right? Isn't that what it's set in? Or no? I don't, <laughs> I think that's what, you read the book. I know, <laughs> I know, I don't even know. Um, okay again because I just kind of got through it like the concept was good I don't even remember but um I can see it's going to be beautiful okay. like I can see it coming to life again I don't want to I can't really say too much I don't have you the don't book wanna, on me yeah. um I wouldn't recommend reading the book maybe just watching the movie but yeah your choice and um and then we watched okay so I watched this YouTube uh, channel for great horror movies and um, they, she recommended us a horror, not us, but what was the name of the movie? Gunjum, <laughs> Gunjum Haunted Asylum. And I'm really confused because, you know, we're usually on the same page. Like, she has a lot of the same um, opinions as I do. So I will take her advice and watch this. So John came home and I was like, we got to watch this movie. She hyped it up. She said it was great. Um, I knew right off the bat it was going to be crap. I could tell you right yeah, now. It's a South just... Korean movie. And it took, again, it had like a ring vibe, like It's like the ring, thing. Blair Witch. You could definitely, like, they love the Blair Witch. You could tell, definitely, and Wreck towards the end. They Wreck, definitely. yeah. It was definitely really long to get into. Um, it was quite annoying. There was way too much screaming and just stuff moving around. And, oh, my God, what was that? And I'm just. I was confused. If anybody likes this movie, please. Um, yeah. I would say don't watch that. Watch Hell House instead if you're in the vibe of yeah. that kind of like, it's not like a found footage. Yeah, not exactly. So it. It's like a real time. I, I think maybe at the end, I can't even tell the way the end was. Like it shows a computer screen. I don't ruin I it for anyone if they watch it, but yeah, it's, it's not. Don't give spoilers. But if, if you've seen Wreck, if you've seen Blair Witch, this isn't better. So you're. It's, <laughs> no, I would definitely recommend, like, Hell House, LLC. Yeah. Top of the list. Best movie ever. 
And the other thing we both watched was on Shudder, 101 Scariest Horror Movie Moments of All Time. And this was, so it was the first episode, and this is, had the 101 to 88. So it's going to be different episodes, so just those scary moments. And some of them I agree with, and Laura says you agree with some, and some you're just going to like, ah, eh, you know, you're some just... Some of them, one standout one that I disagree with was the scariest opening scene in a movie. Mm-hmm. And it was It Follows. Yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of like, oh, that's not even part of the movie that really sticks in my head, I guess, when you see it. Oh, I thought it was pretty. But, I thought but it was it's not, But you weren't afraid. I was not yeah, afraid. So. I probably think of a lot more that would... Yeah, that's that's actually a, scarier. Have a bigger punch sure. than that. But, yeah. um, but the one thing I did notice is that she was wearing heels. So yeah, I running in that. heels. <laughs> yeah, which you don't think about it. When they said that, when you watch the movie, like, oh, I didn't realize she was running in the heels the whole time, and I didn't catch that. But it's interesting. I know. Can you think of anything that you just agreed with or disagreed? Uh, with? Salem's Lot. We both agree with that was good. Oh, yes. That was a good yes. one. So well, yeah, we haven't seen it. I don't want to give away too much. Scenes in, yeah. that they pick from the movie. Yeah, but it's it's worth watching. Then I saw season two just drop, so we got to watch that. And I mean, uh, episode, episode two. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. But I'm sure, like anything, with these lists, or you can agree with some and disagree with others. Okay, so now we'll get into the cabin in the woods. Uh, it first premiered at the Buttonumathon Fest on December 11, 2011. I like that. Yeah, because it's like a marathon, so your butt is numb. But I was telling Laura, I don't consider that a real, the real release date. It was actually released in the theaters of the general public on April 13th, 2012 in the United States. So that's how we all really got to see this. Um, the movie poster, the tagline says, you think you know the story. Which is a great tagline because at the time it didn't mean anything to me. And you too, right? Mm-hmm. But when you actually... First, let's get into it. Laura wanted to see this in the theaters when this came out because well, Joss Whedon made this movie, and I am the biggest like Joss Whedon fan. Like anything he does, I will watch it. Not true. You wouldn't watch Justice League that he took over that Zack Snyder couldn't finish because you didn't care, <laughs> didn't care enough about uh, superhero anything movies. Anything right? else? That okay, he and I Avengers. Watch. You don't care I about would, that I mean, either. I would give it a watch. I just... Okay. But, uh, but yeah, Laura loves, what's your, your number one thing is Buffy that he did. Buffy. It's like life changing for me. That was my whole teenage years. So yeah, he's, has a great impact on my life. And the trailer, when you watch the movie, you can't really, it looks to me like a typical horror movie. Maybe influenced when you hear Cabin in the Woods, you're like, okay, you see it. Is it like Evil Dead or Friday 13th, right? Some type of. Typical horror movie, and that's why it has a tagline, you think you know the story, which is clever. So now this also, this was directed by Drew Goddard. Uh, he worked on The Good Place TV series, which was, which yeah, it's good. And this other film, I, I want to see it. It looks interesting. It's called Bad Times at El Royale. So we got to put that on our list, Laura, to watch. It's written by Drew Goddard. And his writing credits, some of them are The Bad Times at El Royale, Daredevil TV series, The Lost TV series, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's how he met Joss Whedon, right? Uh, And then Joss Whedon, obviously, like, the number one thing I'd say 
people know him from is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's what put him on the map and got him notoriety. Yes. So fun fact. What's that? that um, Drew and Joss worked together for over 10 years, and the cabin concept began while working on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. They actually locked themselves in a dual-story hotel room mm-hmm. and worked from 6 a.m. to 1 a.m. every day. Yeah, that's that's it's cool it's, that they had to like kind of like force themselves to really to do this, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's cool that they met each other in the set. They just kind of like threw ideas around, then they actually did it instead of just saying, "Hey, this would be cool if we did this," and they actually got together and and did it. Yeah, they said so. They said they wanted to create something new and give honor to those who have come before them. That was their idea. And you could definitely tell her they pay homage to certain things. We'll get into later, but they definitely did that. Without doing like the generic reference things where people are like, oh, I like this because it had a reference I know. They don't do that. They Everything they do, this is actually well thought out. Uh, also did Angel, which is a spinoff, right, from Buffy. Uh, Toy Story, the Pixar movie, he wrote that, which a lot of people don't know. You don't well, think of no, him. I never knew that. You don't think about that Justice League, like I said, which I don't like. It, it's not really his fault because Zack Snyder... Uh, his daughter committed suicide while filming it, and someone had to replace him. Oh, and Joss Whedon, yeah, did it, and it threw a lot of comedy in. And if you know Zack Snyder, he's not a comedy guy. He's very like Watchmen. You like Watchmen? He did that. Yeah, that's Zack a Snyder. very serious. So he's very movie. so he's not the, a jokey type guy. And Joss Whedon threw that in Even there. Even down to like the song. I think of like the the, the Sound of Silence with that yeah. movie. <laughs> that's so the tone. He's very different than <laughs> Joss Whedon. So they're. Not really the best pick for that. Uh, yeah. Firefly TV series, which you never watched that, right? I couldn't get into I, it. I tried. Yeah, it has a big following, like a cult following. I never got into it, and then they had the film from it, Serenity. And he actually did, he wrote some episodes of Roseanne, which is another interesting thing that I didn't know until Very I did the research. Talk a little bit about the cast. Kristen Connolly as Dana. She was in Nurse Jackie. Which you used to watch, right? I watched it. I don't remember her. Uh, Chris Hemsworth, uh, biggest star in here. Before he was big, maybe? No, we didn't, yeah, we didn't know who he was at the time yeah. this came out. So Thor is what he's most known as, and I think he was like one of the funniest things in the female Ghostbusters film. A lot of people don't give it a chance. There's a couple funny things about it. I thought he was like the funniest thing about it, personally. Um... Anna Hutchinson as Jules. I'm not too familiar with her, but I did see she was a yellow cheetah ranger on Power Rangers Jungle Fury. You stopped watching at that point, right, Laura? Um, you only watched the original, so, right? Yeah. So, uh, Fran Kranz as Marty. And he was in the Dollhouse, the Joss Whedon TV series. And you don't, do you remember him from that or no? I know you weren't really big into that one either. You gave it a chance, but you just kind of like. No, I followed through. I watched it, but I don't remember him. So. Okay. But you weren't into this, but you gave it a chance because Joss Whedon did it, but you weren't, because you told me you kind of expected more started, out yeah, of it. Yeah, it started off really good. Yeah. But then it kind of just went in a direction you didn't care about anymore. You kind yeah, of like lost interest, mediocre. right? Yeah. And most recently he's in the Julia series about Julia Childs. And Jesse Williams is Holden. Uh, he's in the Sisterhood of Traveling Pants Two, and oh, good. and Grey's Anatomy, which you used to, which is still on the air, which I can't believe. Like this show's never gonna die, right? It's like That's, The Simpsons; yeah. it's gonna just keep going on forever. Uh, Richard Jenkins is Citizen. Uh, 
lots of credits. Uh, the Shape of Water, Step Brothers, Nightmare Alley, Bradley Whitford as Hadley. He's in Revenge of the Nerds 2. Laura just watched Revenge of the Nerds the other day, actually, not too long ago. So now you have to watch 2. Do you think you could watch 2? Sure. Okay, yes, that means no. Uh, Laura knows him best as the guy with the weird balls and Billy Madison. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> and he's most recently in The Hand Handmaid's Tale, another thing you watched. He is. And you said he's, you couldn't recognize him because they made him well, look older, yeah, right? Well, no, he is much older now, so... And that's why then it wasn't makeup. Is actually he is older. Once since... I realized that that was him, I put the connection together. Yeah. Um, and he used to be credited as Brad Whitford in films, but I think he changed it to Brad. This is my theory to Bradley Whitford because the bass player from Aerosmith is named Brad Whitford. It's just a theory. I caught in my head. Okay, what do you okay. think? So, uh, Brian White is Truman. He stood out to me just because. He was Tavon and what I consider the best cop series. I'm not really big into these cop TV shows, these dramas, but he was in The Shield, which I think is a great, great show. And he was in Ray Donovan, another recent uh, TV series and the movie Stomp the Yard. And the one person that I could say, uh, do you agree with me when we were watching this film, threw us out didn't expect her in there with Sigourney Weaver yes. as a director. Uh, most famous for being Ripley in the Alien franchise. She was in you know, Ghostbusters and Galaxy Quest, among other things. So, And they only wanted her for that role. Like There was no other um, person that they wanted. They were like, if we can't get her, we won't it, do the movie. I could see it because there was something about it when you watch the movie. It, it does... Right? There's the comedy and everything, but we'll get into it. And but the, the reason is, yeah. there is no one in the genre who has transcended as she has. That was Yeah, reason. she's like, you take her seriously. I don't look at her as, you know, she's somebody I take her as a serious no, actress. She was badass. Like, I thought Alien really yeah, happened. She's, yeah, no, she's, you, exactly. You don't think, when you want, you, you get immersed in whatever she's doing. So you take her seriously. So whatever she's a part of, right, she like elevates it. Agreed. We're going to do the good and the bad, the ugly of the cabin in the woods. So I have to say when Hadley finally gets to meet the merman, because mm -hmm. I waited to see the merman the whole movie, and I think that was one of the funniest scenes at the very end. Mm -hmm. um, I also liked, I'll call him gas station guy, when he makes a phone call to the control room. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was so funny, and they were like <laughs> laughing at him. Yes. And he, it was just a great, it was a great, great scene. And then obviously the final act when they go into the elevator and they come and they see all of the ghosts, which reminded me of, not ghosts, monsters. All different types of creatures, That yeah. reminded me of 13 ghosts. Mm -hmm. Just total mayhem. Just great. Oh, yeah. So I, I'm with you. And then <laughs> I w I'll get into that later. We'll both talk about that for the ugly part. That's the ugly, the creatures, right? Okay. So I'm with the humor it's subtle humor. It's not over-the-top humor. That's what I liked about this. There wasn't, it wasn't like scary movie where it's like slapstick no. comedy. This is... It fit perfectly. It, everybody's playing it straight for the most part. That's what I like. I, the casting, I, I thought was really, I thought everybody fit perfectly. I mean, there's nothing I could say like, oh, this person was 
not right for the role. The Sigourney Weaver, we both agree, made total sense. Was and who was your favorite character? Marty. Marty and mine's Hadley. Okay. And Marty yeah, which and Hadley. I both. which Hadley is good too. I but I knew I'm familiar with him, Brad Whitford. Where I'm not, I'm not really familiar with uh, the was it Kranz, right? Brian Kranz. So, and his character where you see him, you thought he's like this pothead idiot yeah. guy type of thing, and they they sort of set up that well, he's really he is intelligent, but but he's uh, this pothead. But he's the character who's figuring things out and you don't think he's gonna be like the hero but he ends up being a hero mm -hmm. too which kind of uh threw me off but in a good way and uh the other good part is he had a bong right that you'll bring up yes, later that he was apparently smashing people with and i didn't notice it the whole movie i noticed it it was a coffee mug okay bong that when opens you up. first see him coming he's smoking out of it in the car and then it's collapsible so then he puts it as the travel mug too i had no idea until you told me that that he's smashing people in the head with it the the zombies and whatnot so yes he was great and he they're um what do they call that like the comedic relief they're usually the first character to die true yeah yeah because you figure well he's not that's it's what like threw you extra, off because right. you thought he wasn't going to be really important to the story yeah. but he's he like was the final guy but he was important to the story so that was uh i'm i'm with you on that Okay, here's an insert because we had technical difficulties recording. Uh, other things I enjoyed was the whole concept of the director coming out explaining how the college kids were all sacrifices for the gods, the whore, the athlete, the fool, the scholar, and the virgin. And I really, really enjoyed seeing the character Kurt trying to ride away to save the day, and then instead of riding off, he smashes into the grid and disintegrates, and it was hilarious. And that was hilarious. I remember seeing that in the theaters and everybody's dying laughing because you're like, okay, well, this guy's going to be... You thought he was going to be the hero. Right. That was hysterical. So that was very well done. Uh, another uh, person getting killed now, I'm trying to think. And then the compound, they're watching and they're playing like Ario Speedwagon music too. It was like the zombie killing... Uh, <laughs> do you remember that? They're watching on the video screen by any chance or no? They're playing like this like right. happy music while someone's getting killed. Another just humorous thing. Oh, in the control room. Yeah. yeah so that was I, that yeah. was funny. Anything negative you have to say about this? I know you really like this. They were this also film. having a party while people yes, were getting killed. That's right. Because they're almost <laughs> like betting on who's gonna die, right? Yeah, it was, it was so great. Um no, nothing else. Nothing negative. You have nothing bad. Oh, nothing uh, negative. I think yeah, so this is the else. ugliest. Um, uh, or, or the bad, I'm sorry. The, I... the, the good, the bad now. Did not like the when Jules was kissing the wolf or making out with the wolf. That was strange. It was that, that, that was that was. <laughs> but uh, but again, college kids, you know, drinking, smoking pot, they could do this. But you don't care. You didn't want to. You didn't need to see this in a movie. You know, it's a horror film. You don't need to see this. Yeah, stuff. even though the wolf was probably fake in it this is. film. It is. It is fake. If right? it was real, that's gross. it was fake. That's absolutely disgusting. Yes, it was fake, but. Uh, Okay, so that, you don't need to see that. If they have an edited version, you would watch that, but they cut that scene out. Pass. Yeah, not not necessary to the to the story, right? So you can cut that out. For what I didn't like, I can really say, here, this is... I'm going to ask you, Laura. So now, 
you're probably the same age as these characters, right? Close to their age when this film came out, right? Uh, right? Yeah, possibly. So, when the, you see them at the beginning of the film, they use, one of the girls uses a quote, and she says, I learned it from you. I learned it from watching you. Have you ever heard that quote before? I learned it from watching you? The, I don't know. You answer my question. They're too young to know that reference. It's a commercial from the 80s. Oh, no. I, I had no idea. Okay. See, now... I thought you were asking me no, a good question No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. That's what I don't like. Someone that age wouldn't use a dated reference. You have to be, you know, late 40s, you know, mid to late 40s well, and older. At, yeah, or, but what about, like, where's where's the beef? <laughs> yeah, but that's that's more viral. See, but you know that, but... But that one's not really as big, though. It's a kid's a kid's no. father catching him smoking pot. No, I, I and and he goes, "Where'd you Where'd you get this?" He goes, "You all right? I learned it from watching you." So, a certain segment of the audience are going to get that joke, but would they use that joke? Well, Someone it, that it was age. For you. I know that. It wasn't for me. But I'm saying <laughs> someone that age wouldn't use it. So that's a bad thing. I got a kick out of it, but it's not realistic. So. The other thing, at the end of the film, and we'll get into the, when we get into the ugly part, we'll talk more about this, how the hand comes out, these gods, has this giant you know, animated hand come out. I thought it was a little too much, you kind of, I'd rather not be so literal. I loved it. I thought the whole film was over the top in a good way and I thought the hand coming out of the ground is you like there's it? a new reign of gods coming okay. and we're all gonna die I thought it was fantastic okay. it was definitely comedic though maybe a little too comedic for me I could see what you're saying but I don't know oh, I loved it I look at it as if you ever saw Indiana Jones the kingdom of the crystal skull it's almost like I'm on board until sort of when, the, when you see a spaceship at the end come out, I'm like, all right, now this is like a little too much. That's what I kind of thought about this. But it wasn't terrible, that's though. That's where I, I disagree with you because usually I feel like that. Like, I feel like okay. things are over the top and stuff. I didn't feel like that at all. Okay. All right, Laura. <laughs> now, the ugly, the creatures. Um, this is uh, probably, I, I'd say, out of everything, the most memorable thing, the third act of the film, all these creatures that you see. Do you have a favorite in particular? Well, there was a lot of cool ones. I mean, there was a really cool... You mentioned cool, the merman. You love uh, the merman. Yeah, there was a really cool clown that looked like uh, the off version of <laughs> it. It reminded me of Pennywise. Pennywise, that's his name. And did you ever see In Living Color, like a comedy show in the early 90s? There's well, a character is, called Homie the Clown. No. It looks like those two combined almost. But yeah, he was funny. Yeah, these characters are like a, the off-brand Yeah, cereal. so this was their homage <laughs> to the horror, but it wasn't... Yeah, and they knew, obviously. They weren't trying to rip anything off. They are like trying to, you know, pay respect. So, like, yeah, they we got it. Yeah, like it was, Pinhead. Pinhead, yeah, it was like Sawblade. Right? Um, I think Sawblade, so like this is the cousin of Pinhead. Sawblade, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> instead of like the box, right? Yeah. The lament configuration. He had the little like circular one. There was a cool like ballerina with like a teeth face, but I don't think she. I think that was a created character. The the teeth face ballerina. This is one thing when I did the research from the commentary. Uh, Joss Whedon. That was his idea to come up with that. And the 
the actual look of the face he got from Return of the Jedi, the Sarlacc Pit, which Laura lives with me, but I'll have these movies on. She doesn't pay attention to any of the Star Wars no. films. I, but yeah, I tried. I'll show you what the Sarlacc Pit looks like. So you could see as all these numerous rows of teeth. So he saw that and was like, oh, well, I want to put this on a face. <laughs> so that's where he got the idea from. Quickly, if you look, there's this tree, this angry tree coming out of the elevator. There's like so many different things going on at mm -hmm. once. but Like unicorns and stuff. Weird, yeah, there's a unicorn. I mean, there's so much going on. There's like this crazy looking, is it supposed to be like this battle bot transformer thing? This yellow robot thing that, that comes out. There's so much going on, so... There's like a flying, like, oh, dinosaur yeah. bird. Yeah, 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 like a, like a pterodactyl type. There's like a bat thing. I mean, yeah, so they're all ugly, right? They're all ugly in their own way. All these things, yeah. <laughs> they're all like crazy looking, but they're great. Very, very, just very in-depth, uh, all the, very creative. Very creative. Uh, this was filmed in uh, Canada, uh, British Columbia, right, Vancouver. Um, when we look through, Laura and I, so, have the Blu-ray. This is one movie. When this came out, immediately Laura bought this on Blu-ray. So, we're going through all the special features. Like about uh, special features? Yes. <laughs> okay. So the location chosen for filming was the Vancouver woods in Canada. Mm -hmm. And they said these woods, more than anywhere else in the world, seemed more deep, dark, and foreboding. Mm -hmm. and they loved it. They actually had two cabins built. One was in the actual woods and one was on the soundstage. Um, there were weeks spent creating just the cellar set. They wanted to make it perfect. Mm -hmm. And it was like one of their favorite creations. Okay, so Fran Kranz, Marty, he had taken his own behind the scenes footage and unfortunately most of it was deleted due to him being self-conscious of it. So that's unfortunate. Yeah. They had a lot more behind the scenes. Um, some of the footage that he did have was a cellar scene and they were filming at 6 a.m. in the morning and they had trouble getting through it because uh, Dana kept laughing okay speaking the latin okay it was pretty crazy um so some of the other things were a green sleeve was used on the buckner zombie girl for her missing arm mm -hmm. and there was a really cool effect through the face of matthew buckner um they had a plate inside his cheek with a magnet and they jammed like a green rod through it yeah to make it look like it was going through his head yeah. you have to watch it yeah i mean i can't explain it but the um, so then there was a rule on the cabin that they had was if you could make it without visual effects, do it. Mm -hmm. So they did not use much CGI in this film. I think you have a, like a lot. Do you have more on that? So, yeah. So the one I'll tell you for the effects part, it's called an army of nightmares, makeup and animatronic effects. And, uh, David Leroy Anderson Lance Anderson of APX Studio was there uh, talking, and Laura watched this before I did. She called me up, and she says, Heather L. Anderson is on here. Do you know who that is? I said, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. She goes, 
it looks like Heather Wayne's in camp. <laughs> yeah, like I knew it was her. So like, I, I was I'm making like, a connection. Oh, and I, I said, like, you know what? I said, I know what you're talking about now because she married David Anderson. They met on, I remember, on the set for uh, A New Nightmare, if I'm not mistaken. So, but, oh, but, special effects but I didn't know that until it says, okay, now I have to watch this for myself. And then I watched it. Yeah, the, it's funny how they call her Heather L. Anderson as if, and it says like makeup artist, as if she never, yes. like she's not known for anything else. Like, uh, yeah, you, you might have seen this little movie called Nightmare on Elm Street, right? <laughs> no, no, no. This is what she's known for. So I'm like looking to see, she only has four credits. And this is the last film she worked on was... Uh, the Cabin in the Woods. So, but yeah, so she did do a little bit of that, which I found interesting, but it, the behind the scenes, I was really amazed at how much, like you were saying before, how they wanted to do everything as much as they could for the physical effects instead of the visual effects, trying to use practical effects. And you look at the artwork, and it's like, man, it really did look like it when they had all the conceptual art the werewolf walking around looked amazing. Like it's, I'm actually amazed how well they made that look because it's the type of thing most films do that CGI, and that right. that was real. And just the way he's moving around looked incredible. They actually had like on a page in the script it said chaos on every screen, mm -hmm. which caused a lot of trouble for them because they couldn't fill it up with all of the monsters and props that they had so they had to add in a little bit of cgi and you will notice that like you'll see that there's a snake or it's like an animal yeah yeah that's like that's obvious you can't make that because word. they just yeah, couldn't that was fill like... that type of space but everything else was made by hand yeah i think they said uh they had six weeks to do it with a crew of 60 people um, they made 100 monsters and 70 mutants and other characters. <laughs> they used 220 gallons of blood on the third act. And they did not use any CGI on the merman's blowhole. Yes, and that was David Leroy uh, Anderson's idea to have the blood when he's sucking on that. Hadley to have it come out like that. Like, you'll appreciate that. Like, I went back and watched it because of that, and it was amazing. It, it really is incredible when you see how much all the practical effects. They're building this giant warehouse in Los Angeles, and they had to ship everything when they're all done to Vancouver, which I'm sure that was a, a pain in the ass, right, to do all that. But I feel like this was for, like, horror fans. Like, they delivered. Yes. This was, this was definitely, if you're a big horror fan, this is... Um, they went above and beyond. Cause they didn't have to. I know they mm -hmm. had to fight for the budget for certain things. Like, the... Uh, the basement scene, when they have all those artifacts in there, they wanted the, uh, like, that fortune teller machine, if you notice that, as one of the things in the background there. They had to, because it's expensive, yeah. and they're like, well, you don't really need that. They had to fight to get that in there for the extra money. Like, look, we really want as much as we can to get in there, wow. so people get, the, you know, the concept of it, so... For something like that, they had to fight for it. So they really did go above and beyond for this film. Um, another thing for z some of the zombie makeup took uh, six hours to apply. And that's why they look so damn yeah. good, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, another segment is called Primal Terror Visual Effects, which there was barely any. It was a very short segment. But the main thing they showed was that hand that we're talking about, that hand of the gods. And 
the other scene, that motorcycle flying into the grid. That's really interesting to show behind the scenes. I was just on a sound stage. You have this little ramp and the motorcycle going into the green screen. Mm. So when you see that and you see how it actually ended up on film, completely different. So they did an incredible job with that. And so, all right, so we'll talk about a little more things you might not know about the cabin in the woods. When they show the opening credits with this gory looking uh, artwork, is uh, they want it to look like blood, but artificial blood wasn't reflecting properly, so they had to use heated chocolate for that when you watch it. Okay. Uh, they were afraid the way the film opened that people would think they're watching the wrong movie. That they're they sat in the, you know when they're in the theaters like is this the cabin in the woods because you see the office and everything like yeah, that getting great. coffee. That's great. So they purposely did that <laughs> to throw people off. The gas station that Laura was talking about earlier, like the funny scene that they go to at the beginning of the film, um, is a real house. They just put gas pumps in front of it. Uh, Drew Goddard and Joss Whedon were talking about making the film and who should direct it out of the two of them. And if neither of them directed it, they both agreed that Victor Salva of Jeepers Creepers fame should be the one to do it. This is uh, on the commentary. I thought this was the most interesting fact out of everything. In Canada, it's a union rule to cast a Canadian actor for smaller roles. The only way out of it is to write the Canadian government as to why no one else can play this this specific role. So Drew Goddard had to do that for Tom Link as Ronald the Intern. I don't know about you, but was Ronald the Intern really the one to fight for? So he went out of his way, he had to explain, no, no one else can play this. So he had to go out of his way to do that. So that, that's the, uh, in Canada, that's the law there. Uh, the forest, a lot of it was actually not in the woods. A lot of it you'll see behind the scenes how it's on a, it's on a soundstage. And the greensman's name was Glenn Forrester, who was in charge of all the plants and everything. Glenn, Glenn Forrester. <laughs> okay. And Joss Whedon and Drew Goddard said they thought it was hilarious. They would talk about that and nobody else on the set thought it was funny. Like, don't you think it's hilarious? His name is Glenn Forrester. Like, no. <laughs> like, all right, whatever. Right? <laughs> Um, and Bradley Whitford loved as Hadley that he was able to shoot a machine gun in the film because he never got a chance to in any other roles he's ever been cast in. So this was like a big deal to oh, him okay. to use it. So it also won the Cabin in the Woods, won numerous awards. Here's some of the more prominent ones. Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy and Horror Films, 2013 Saturn Awards, Best Horror Slash Thriller Film. 2012 Bram Stoker Awards Best Screenplay, 2013 Fangoria Chainsaw Awards Best Wide Release Film, Best Screenplay, Best Supporting Actor Frank Kranz's Marty, which Laura and Most I both guys. agree with, yep. both agree with if you've seen this, and Best Makeup Creature Effects David Leroy Anderson. Again, can't complain with that. No, this movie took a lot of awards. So, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, I mean it's it really. It's unusual because it's one of those films, unless you're really into horror, it just seems to kind of get forgotten. 
Do you agree? It's like, if you like horror, you'll talk about it. And even Laura kind of says it doesn't get enough notoriety. Nobody talks yeah, about it enough. Yeah, not that I hear of. I mean, all the favorites and the movies, um, the YouTubers and stuff. I never hear this movie mentioned. Yeah, but if you name your favorite horror films, they have a top 10, just like never comes up, right? Yeah. Or even top even top 100 probably, right? So, well, it's I mean, one of mine. Yeah, wow. so... <laughs> And Laura, Laura loves joking around with my, how I love changing things, a couple of ideas. So Laura brought up an idea saying, well, why don't we kind of change the, the ratings? And hers was very long-winded, so I had to kind of, <laughs> kind of condense it about. Long-winded? Yes, very long. So, but More the, long-winded than thumbs up, thumbs yeah, down, yeah. thumbs okay. around the corner. <laughs> so, all right. So now, so this is. And I'm making this up right now. Physical media focus, we'll call this. Okay, do you like that? Because it's zero, right? So this is where I have all the special features. So, let's see. We have the Blu-ray. Own it, rent it, or don't waste your time with it. So, in this film, Laura, I already know what you're going to say. So Own it. Own two copies. I'll case one is bad. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. I just went to Walmart the other day. And they have, they do this every year. They have a special section that they make. They have, like, their own, like, exclusive, like, slip covers, too, for horror movies. I ever saw that. For no. just Halloween, there'll be, like, orange covers for the, they'll have, like, very cheap DVDs. You get a lot of cheap box sets. They get all the Saw movies cheap. They have Cabin in the Woods. You can get it with all the features, a DVD, for $6. Oh, cool. So, I mean, if you didn't own it. You can see all this for $6. I mean, you can't beat that if you rent it. Well, you rent it, you see it once. If you like the movie, you can't see everything else behind the scenes. So for $6. $6. Blu-rays, obviously, and like anything, they make... I know there's like a steel book that came out. We have the standard one. I have to say, it's, I agree with it. It's worth owning because the film itself, even though it's not the same film when you watch it the second time because you know what's going to happen it's still it's still an entertaining movie you can still watch it you don't need to have a, a twist ending there's some movies the twist ending makes the film you never need to see it again this has so much going on where you can watch it you miss things because there is so much going on so but this this kind of was a twist ending no, that's what I'm saying, oh, but it has rewatchability where I'm saying some movies have a twist oh, ending yeah. you'll never okay. like I'll give you an example um What's the one Bruce Willis? Oh, I know what yours. I see dead people. Yeah, you'll never you know watch it again. You'll yeah, never watch because there's nothing else know. interesting I going see. on. Where this, there's so much going on. You will watch. Very good. Very right? Good. Do you agree? Was a sixth sense. That's what it is. The sixth sense. But this one, yeah, that's a movie. I don't need to own it. Don't need Right? <laughs> this you need to own if you enjoy the movie because of all the special features, and it's actually worth watching. So. That's it for this. That's all I have to say. I don't know if you have anything else to say about the movie. No, but just happy birthday oh, to thank you. Because <laughs> yes. we're recording on John's birthday today. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. And uh, the only other thing, yeah, so uh, I know we we'll Connecticut Horror Fest. That's that's it. And then we're going to watch more and more. There's a bunch of more horror movies coming out. So it's going to be so fun. So many, like Barbarian. Yeah, we have to see that. I mean, just tons of stuff. Like I said, Dark Harvest, right? Is that the the film? You read the book? So was, yeah, I, so, I just hope the movie was a little bit better than the So, book. yeah, so there's going to be more coming out. It's going to be a lot of fun. And as always, try to enjoy the daylight. In the cellar. 
All that shit we were playing with, they made us choose. They made us choose how we die. about each subject we discuss in each episode, please go to anchor.fm slash shocking things. That has all of our episodes and links to our social media, as well as a link to the Shocking Things store. 